Hi, and welcome to the Spell It Out podcast. My name is Jessica Zweep. I'm the owner of Spell Fitness, an online health and fitness coaching program designed to help women who have tried everything and are tired of spinning their wheels and wasting their time find food freedom and navigate this busy, crazy, awesome ride called life. Here we're going to discuss food, fitness, faith, family, and hopefully have a little fun along the way. I'm so glad you're here and I can't wait to get talking with you. Welcome back. I am attempting to record this while going for a walk outside. So hopefully the audio works and everything functions as I'm intending it to. But we're back for another episode of Marriage Monday. And today I wanted to talk about creating problems that don't exist. And this has just been a theme I've been having in different conversations with people. Um, But I wanted to talk about it today in the scope, in the sphere of marriage. And it's the idea that life is hard enough as it is. We don't need to look for or create problems that don't need to be fed, if that makes sense. So we live in a sinful, broken world. Life is going to throw us curveballs, things that we can't avoid, right? Financial stress, health, just life, growing pains, um, difficulties. But what I see happen in a lot of people's lives is, I don't know if it's that we just have too much time on our hands or we spend too much time comparing ourselves to other people's relationships, lifestyles, etc. But we start to create issues for ourselves, specifically in marriage. I hope the wind doesn't bother you too much. Um, We start to create issues for ourselves in our marriage when we pick fights, when we look for little things, nitpicky things, and run them down. Um, We, you know, you've heard the expression, we, you don't want to create a mountain out of a molehill. We do it all the time. We we create mountains out of molehills all the time. And this is something that I am certainly guilty of. You know, a thought pops into my head, a comment is made, um, uh, action is taken, or not taken and it's completely neutral but something in my fleshly self gets pricked and instead of laying it at the foot of the cross and letting it go I run with it I perseverate on it I overthink it I let it you know rabbit hole and explode for lack of a better term into a fight that never needed to happen or a point of contention that never needed to happen. And so what I want to encourage you in this episode is to look for the things that you are getting hung up on, that you're choosing to hold on to and not let go of and argue about and hold over the other person's head that in the grand scheme of things really doesn't need to even be a second thought. because if all else fails, if everything else fell out, the bottom fell out of everything else, those things wouldn't matter, right? If something tragic, God forbid, were to happen to your spouse, that little thing that you're so upset about today would be a blip on the radar. And I want us to let more things be blips on the radar and less things be hills that we're dying on and fights that we're not letting go of because we don't need to argue 
with each other. We don't need to create more distance and more tension because marriage is already a sacred, um, holy ground that is under attack just because of the nature of its existence. And we need to be careful about how we how we interact in that inside of that relationship, knowing that the enemy has a target and it's on your marriage and he's going to try and create those little tiffs and wedge himself into those little rifts. And even well-meaning people outside of our marriage that we talk to about our spouse are going to help breed that discontent. So along with that, right, in that same breath of not turning molehills into mountains is also to be really careful about the way that you speak about your significant other. Um, because I heard, I love this expression because I just love analogies in general, but I feel like this one is one that really like resonates with me. The idea that words are like toothpaste, right? Once you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube, you can't put it back in. So if you are squeezing toothpaste all over the place about your spouse, right? You're talking to your friends, you're talking to your parents, you're talking to your neighbor, you're talking to whoever poorly about your spouse, you will not be able to take that back, right? You're not going to be able to undo the negative speaking the negative portrayal of the person that God has bound you to, you can't take it back. And so be really careful and mindful of that, that that toothpaste smeared all over your social circle, your community, your place of work is affecting your relationship permanently with the person that you are bound to that the Lord has put you with for hopefully (laughs) the duration of your time on this earth. And I understand and I am guilty of, you know, we complain, we gossip, we talk about this, that, and the other thing, but it has been something that has really um, just been pressed in to my heart lately. Uh, I've I completed, I read the book a couple times, but it's called The Creative Counterpart by Linda Dillo. And it's basically a study of the Proverbs 31 woman. And in it, there's a section of the scripture that talks about how this ideal wife um, elevates her husband in the town, in the village. And he's well esteemed because of the way that she speaks about him. And that was just really convicting to me that I can help build or tear down my husband's reputation in our village by the way that I speak about him and to him in front of other people. And it is important, I think, biblically for men to be the heads of the household and to feel honored and supported and upheld by their helpmate, by their spouse. And so I have not always done this perfectly. I, believe it or not, I'm a sinful human. Um, And so some of you maybe who know me in real life are like, I've definitely heard you. And I know that. But it's something that I don't 
take lightly. It's something that I feel strongly convicted about. And I hope that it's something that you also will take to heart that when you talk about your spouse, and I'm speaking mostly to the ladies, but for those husbands that are listening, it goes both ways, right? When you talk positively about your wife, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your family, your opinion is powerful and your feedback is powerful and you can kind of make or break her in the way that you speak about her. I can say that some of the most powerful character building comments that I've ever that I've ever heard spoken about myself have been from my husband and I don't even think he realized how powerful it was. But I can remember them like plain as day him saying, "I was so proud that you were my wife when we had, it was like an event or something. And you just, you know, you were on top of it. You were engaged. I don't even remember what the words were, honestly. But you were organized or you were social. And I was just so proud to say that you were my wife. And that meant more to me than any comment of him saying like, you have a really great butt or you're so pretty. But to, for him to recognize something in my character, which I think is just something that our culture doesn't do very often, right? We tend to compliment people on their worldly successes or their physical attributes more than we do on the quality of their character. And I think that we're all kind of created to want to have good character. And so when someone recognizes that in us and calls it out, it speaks to that God-shaped hole that we all have and fills like a love bucket that God put there, right? He wants us to be fruitful. And so when someone recognizes and points out and compliments the fruit more than, uh, you know, the flesh, um, it matters and it means something. And so back to the wives, when you genuinely, authentically, intentionally build up your husband, and some of you are like, there ain't nothing good there. Look for it. There is, there is. Does he provide a roof over your head? Does he parent, co-parent with you, right? And shoulder the burden of raising children. Does he go to work? long hours when maybe he doesn't love his job because he knows that he needs to provide for his family? Does he um, take time to do things with or for you that you enjoy so that you can feel upheld or fulfilled or, you know, help you relax? Um, Those are all things, simple, small things that you can call out, right? Thank you for for providing. Thank you for being loyal. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being hardworking and consistent. Um, And I don't know as men are super like emotionally responsive in the moment, but those little comments, those little words add up and build up a man of character. And I just want to remind and encourage you that as wives, you have the power to 
be really influential inside of your marriage um, for the good or not, right? So when we take it back to what we were talking about at the beginning, you can choose to pick a small flaw, right? Oh, he's overweight or, oh, he doesn't make as much money as he used to or as our neighbor does or he doesn't clean the house or he has too many hobbies and never makes time for me and you can magnify that exponentially Um, and like we've talked about in past episodes we really fail to look at ourselves in the same way with the same lens that we are analyzing our partner we're really quick to say he or she is wrong or bad because of x y and z but we fail to examine ourselves to the same degree. Because what would that person say about you? I doubt, and maybe maybe you are one of those unicorns who's actually that perfect and there's no room for error or criticism, but I doubt it. So when you um, take the time to take a breath, look for the good, examine yourself, decide if the battles that you're choosing are ones that need to be fought or if they're ones where you can lay it down and then also remembering that your words have power and that this relationship is not necessarily meant to make you happy but I believe it's meant to make you holy so if you're in a season of this is really hard and I'm really struggling to get along with this person Maybe it's not your time or your season for happy. Maybe it's your season for holy. And sanctification and growing in our likeness, right, requires some burning and some pain because our flesh, our fleshly passions, our fleshly desires, our fleshly tendencies, when they rub up against holiness, it burns. And so there might be some burning that has to happen in a season that is helping you burn off some of the less Christ-like qualities that you possess, even though you don't want to admit that you possess them. We all do. Um, And I, like I said, I have been in those seasons and I wish that I would have been more sensitive to the fact that God wastes nothing, right? That these seasons as painful as they might be in as much as I want to wish them away. When I look back, I can see that he was burning something off in me that didn't need to stay. And so I'm trying now in seasons moving forward that feel overwhelming or crazy, stressful, hard to lean in instead of shut down. And what is it that is that I'm doing, that we're doing as a couple, that the Lord is doing that I need to be sensitive to and allow change to be made so that I can come out on the other side of this fire actually purified and not just charred, right? (laughs) Because you can go into a fire and get burnt up or you can go in and come out pure on the other side, depending on what you allow yourself to be made into, right? Are you going to be a piece of firewood that's just going to come out crispy and broken or are you a piece of fine diamond or metal that needs to be purified and made new 
by the heat and the burn. So to wrap this up, what, if any, and I'm sure all of us have this, what little things are you allowing to become big things that don't need to be? What drama and stress and hardship are you adding to your life by the way that you are participating in your marriage? And I think we all can, we all do it, right? We choose to get hung up on a comment or a decision or an action or an inaction or a personality trait or something and we choose to make that a fight when we don't need to be fighting and because life is hard enough there's going to be enough stress there's going to be enough hardship there's going to be enough unforeseen circumstances that are going to come your way that you don't need to create tension and distance between your spouse for nothing and I know that some of you listening to this are going to listen and say, oh, it's big. Oh, it's worth it. Is it? Is it? When you pan out and look at the big picture of things, is that little issue, that little quirk, that little whatever, the thing that needs to be harped on and revisited over and over again, really that important than if your spouse were to be in a tragic car accident tomorrow, you would walk into that hospital room and still feel like that is the thing that needs to be discussed at the hospital bedside. Because as someone who has been at the hospital bedside more times than I would like to, they don't matter. Those little things that come up all fade away and become so minuscule in the face of real hard, heavy, overwhelming unforeseen, can't stop, uncontrollable, hard suck that comes as a result of just living in a broken world. That we, I just want to encourage you not to create rifts and tensions and wedges and places for the enemy to work and divide that don't need to be there. And then the other topic, the other side of this is watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. What are you saying about the other person that is doing damage, irreversible damage. There can be forgiveness and there can be reconciliation, but there's always gonna be memories. There's always gonna be those things that were said, maybe in the heat of the moment, maybe in the conversation with a friend or a spouse that you can't take back and that has permanently tainted or altered that person's, either your own, someone else's or your spouse's perception of themselves. And that's powerful. And that's something that should not be taken lightly. So let the words of your mouth reflect the, the feelings of your heart. And if the feelings of your heart are ugly and bitter and worldly, then you need to tame your tongue because your words are like toothpaste. And when you smear that crap all over town and all over your marriage and all over your house and all over your family, it's a mess. It's a mess. It might be minty, it might be a minty mess, but it's a mess that's really, really hard, even impossible at times to clean up because you may be able to wipe it off, but you're never gonna be able to put it back in the tube, at least not the way it was in there originally. So be careful with your words, be careful with the choices that you make in the things that you choose to argue and harp on and 
go to battle over. Because, in, like I said, in the grand scheme of things, so much of it is fleeting and trivial. And I pray that for all of you, you never have to experience things, that catastrophic things that put it all in perspective. But when you do, and all of those things come into perspective, you feel like a dummy for ever like arguing or fighting or getting yourself in a tizzy about the little things because they really are just the little things. All right, this will wrap it up for this Monday. I hope you all have a great day if you're listening to this on a Monday. I hope your week is fabulous. Um, as usual, I love it when you leave reviews and ratings. It just helps the podcast grow. Please share um, these episodes with someone if you feel like it's something that they would benefit from or if you were encouraged by it. More listens, the better. Um, and I will catch you on the next one.